Hello and welcome back to the Literary Salon podcast. Now, before we talk about books, a very quick political message. Yes, um, in the UK, there are elections on May the 4th and you now have to have photo ID and there are all kinds of restrictions around this and you need to have valid photo ID. So if you're used to turning up and voting without obstruction, then you'll be shocked if you don't have this voter ID. So anyway, the deadline to apply for it is the 17th of April. And um, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to take part and exercise your democratic right, then please uh, be sure to register to vote before the 17th of April and let all your pals know as well. So thus ends our party political podcast. Now back to books. <laughs> this week on the podcast, we are celebrating a novel called The Bequest. Now, it is bang on target for the whole dark academia trend, which is all over TikTok and Instagram right now. I say it's all over TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but TikTok does bleed into Instagram. And I do see that dark academia is indeed a big trend on there. So this is uh, a book by Joanna Margaret. She's an American novelist who has a PhD uh, from St. Andrews. And you can see her putting all that research to use in this novel, which is very, 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 very fast paced. So the protagonist, Isabel Henley, has a very bad time uh, with the world of love in Boston, flees to St Andrews to undertake uh, her PhD only to find that her supervisor has been pushed off a cliff. Now, if you've done a PhD, you will understand the urge to push your supervisor off a cliff. I cannot say whether Isabel has done it or not, but what she does then get embroiled in is an absolutely brilliant mystery caper search for an item which may or may not be a gigantic emerald. Um, so it takes her across Europe and back in time uh, to the 16th century. So it reminded me at points of the secret history. Um, it reminded me at points of the Da Vinci Code. It was kind of thrilling and learned, but really what it is, is about how when you're engaged in the search to find a thing, you sometimes find yourself. So anyway, it is doing really well in America. Joyce Carol Oates has praised it. And it's doing really well in the UK. And she's here on tour right now. And in fact, I hosted a wee dinner for her the other night in Soho. And it was lovely. So anyway, this is one for your dark academia fans. Fans of Dorothy Sayers, Gaudy Knight. Fans of Donna Tartt's Secret History. Joyce Carol Oates describes the bequest as richly atmospheric and irresistibly readable. Here is Joanna with a reading from the bequest. Hello, I'm Joanna Margaret, and I'm delighted to be reading exclusively for listeners of Damien Barr's Literary Salon for my new book, The Bequest. I was inspired to write The Bequest after living for several years in the UK as a PhD student in history at the University of St. Andrews. I remember walking around the beautiful campus and thinking to myself that this would be a great place for an academic mystery. Seven years later, I wrote this novel, informed by my experiences on campuses and conducting research in libraries in the UK, France, and Italy. I'm going to read today from the very beginning of my book. Thank you so much for listening. Prologue. She shut her eyes and took a few steps closer to the edge. She didn't need to run away. Not yet. A cold, loud wind rushed into her ears. A branch snapped. 
and she felt a presence. Smelling a hint of familiar perfume, she opened her eyes and swiveled around. You startled me, she said, leaning forward, surveying the khaki-colored shrubs, the band of blue-black sea in the distance. Other than a few haggard trees, they were completely alone. Been curious about this view. She dropped her arms by her sides and made an effort to lighten the tone of her voice. Do you like it? Gorgeous. But didn't you see the forecast? They're expecting a storm. You should be careful. Everything can change out here. Very, very quickly. She looked up at the clouds. They were heavy, full. I thought a couple of hours in fresh air, disconnected, might clear my mind. And I'm waiting for someone. Should arrive any minute. A single laugh. It's windy today. You're too close to the edge. Let's go somewhere warm where we can talk. She stood still. Did you think over what we discussed? Yes. Well, I can't. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Crisp air swished through her hair, slapping it across her face. It's okay. I understand. Did you tell anyone about what you saw? She stepped back. No one will hurt you, I promise. But I need to know. Of course not. A dense fog hovered over them. Soon she wouldn't be able to see the horizon. She twisted her hair into a bun and glanced behind her. You'll get along with my new student. She's very accomplished. Brilliant. She can help with anything. Her scalp itched from chilled sweat. She loosened her wool scarf and a current of fear coursed over the bare skin on her neck. She understood. It was too late. She lifted her hand to her cheek to still her trembling jaw. The voice was gentle, consoling. I only want to talk. There's no need to be afraid. I care about you and will respect you, no matter what. She stepped closer. And you know how I feel. A wordless struggle, a strong shove. Je t'en prie, she said, on her hands and knees now. Please, I'm sorry. With a second shove, a scrambling of gravel off the ledge, a choked cry melting into waves of wind, her body tumbled down, down, all the way to the rocks. And then silence. Only some air, whooshing through the thin branches of sparse trees and a crunching of footsteps, slow and unburdened. Part One Chapter One I dreamt of St. Stephen's every night the month before I arrived. Imprints of its hallowed halls coalesced with images of mythical Brigadoon, that Scottish island that appears for one day once a century. Sometimes I was alone in my dreams, and other times Rose was there, except that I was Rose, and Rose was me. Rose Brewster. Rose like the flower, she used to say when introducing herself over loud music. I hadn't seen her since college. I remember the time we'd stayed up all night during finals week, sharing a pack of Marlboro lights as we fired exam questions at each other in the common room. Rose knew all the answers, even after 3 a.m., which is when my cognitive faculty shut down. 
Later that morning, Rose's makeup free face looked so serene, blonde ringlets endearingly messy, that my roommate asked if she'd had her hair styled, and I just laughed. If I were a different kind of person, I might have hated Rose, but it was never like that between us. After getting an A on the test, she'd written to me that she wouldn't even have passed without our last-minute study session. Rose was the only person who knew me in Scotland, and even she didn't know what I'd done. It was 2006. I was 23, and I had plans, which began with leaving the old me back in Boston. On a damp afternoon in late August, I stepped off the train and into my new life. St. Stephen's is perched on a hill above the North Sea, granite bulwarks relentlessly battered below by raging, freezing water. Many of the buildings appear medieval, but are in fact neo-Gothic, with towering spires, pointed arches, and mock fortifications. The color gray defines the architecture, the weather, and the town's character. St. Stephen's is famous both for having been a center of the Reformation and for being home to the revered 600-year-old university. St. John's Quadrangle constitutes the oldest preserved part of the campus, where on sunny days, students sit on benches flanked by ornate 15th-century buildings and watch the ivy crawl up and down the facades. St. Stephen's boasts one of the most competitive history departments in the world, but what had drawn me to the university was the opportunity to work with Madeleine Grangier, French feminist extraordinaire, expert on the soft power that women wielded in European courts during the 16th century. Grangier spoke six languages fluently and had made waves in my field. She was a recent hire who had been at St. Stephen's for only two semesters. The morning after my arrival, I dressed carefully for my meeting with Professor Grangier. Not that I was trying to impress her, but maybe I wanted to seem more European than American. I had read somewhere that the act of smiling sent signals to the brain that make you feel happy, so I tried in front of the mirror. Then I walked to the history department, weaving through the corners of the quad, rehearsing what I wanted to say to my new advisor. So now, how how grabbed is your attention? Is your attention grabbed? A mysterious murder will always do that. So that was Joanna Margaret reading exclusively for the Literary Salon. The bequest is published by Head of Zeus and available now in all good bookshops. And I have on very good authority that she's already finished the first draft of her next book. There are a limited number of signed copies available through Toppings in St Andrews, a really lovely wee bookshop if you've never visited it. I've done an event there, absolutely gorgeous. So order a signed copy from them if you want one. And do share this episode with your pals that like history and dark academia. Thank you for listening and join us again soon.